Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is a speaker, an author, a leadership expert, especially in the field of social media and particularly LinkedIn. He's the author of a book called Digital First Leadership. I am happy to welcome to the show Richard Bliss. Welcome to to Live on Purpose Radio. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for having me here. What a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to be here. You are doing some things out there in the digital space that I'm recognizing because I've developed in my own career um, a a passion for helping people get out of their own way, understand what the principles are that will lead them to success. And you're doing that very same thing in kind of a different space. Yeah, I am. I am very, very different space, but it, it kind of achieves the same end goal. Yep. I was reading on your LinkedIn profile. There was a, there was a post that you did not too long ago about uh, when you get negative comments, you know, out there in that digital world, sometimes people show up and they, they post something that just zings you or bites or it has kind of a negative feel to it. And your post had to do with how to, how to have a positive reaction uh, when people post something negative on your, on your social media. I, th- I think you probably remember the posts that I'm I do. talking about. Absolutely. I do. And, and here's why this was important is because let's suppose, let's suppose you're sitting with someone uh, and they say something rude to you mm-hmm. and you respond back defensively or aggressively. The damage or the, the ripple effect of that, interaction is very contained. It's just the two of you. Now, if you're in a public space and if you're on stage and you're a speaker and you have a heckler in the audience and they push your button and you respond negatively to that, it's a bit bigger ripple effect. Right. But, and even on social media, if somebody tweets something back to you, makes a bad post on your Facebook, it's still relatively contained. LinkedIn is very different. LinkedIn takes your interaction, not just with the author or the person you're talking to, but it shares it with your network. So every time you comment, your comment is being taken and shared with your network actively. They didn't have to go find it. LinkedIn took your comment and go look at your LinkedIn, your listeners, go look at your LinkedIn profile right now and look at your feed and see how many posts in your feed are actually from comments made by your connections and not by it's you're getting second and third degree posts. My point Mm -hmm. here is when you respond negatively in a way on LinkedIn, that comment that you made, that response isn't just between you and the individual, like you're sitting in a room or just you and a small group. That comment is being pushed to your network and your brand is being affected by the way you handled that situation. Right. And so it's something I teach that, and this is why the book's called Digital First Leadership. We have to change the way we're thinking. And here's what prompted, Paul, here's what prompted that story. I had, uh, I made a post, it was a nice post, and I had an individual just lay into me 
just, just rip it up. Critis- I'm just ripped it up. Yeah. And so usually when that happens, doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, I go look at their profile on LinkedIn and I go look at all their other comments because it's all right there. And I see him just ripping and ripping every post he's making out there. He's ripping into people. So it wasn't personal. That was one. And then I saw him posting something somewhere else, asking for solicitations, asking for help, asking for customer references, making an ask. And I thought, does this person not understand that their negativity as they try to tear everybody else down is is built into the DNA of their digital identity in such a way that they are oblivious to it, not realizing that their 10 negative comments are completely overriding their one positive comment. So that's where that came from. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's an incredible, important thing for us to remember. Now, what also happened is when I responded to this individual, I got a ton of personal messages saying, wow, I love the way you handled that person. I would have handled it so differently. Oh, that was great. The very act of being kind isn't the right word. I'm sure you have a better word. But- and I'm, I'm wondering what the best it would be, but it's it, it has to do with the positivity. I use yep. the word positivity a lot because it, it includes a lot of things. It but, was the, yes, and so it was the positivity that I used to come back to a negative person, and yeah. I even wrote and t- said, "This is how you do it. First, acknowledge that the person. Don't ignore them. Acknowledge. Now, there's another. There's a fine line here because you don't want to feed the trolls. Right. There are people who are just looking for reaction. So be careful." Uh, I had one, another person comment and took some of my context out of, took my content out of context. And it was obvious that they had a a personal agenda and it had to do with social issues and they were taking it a certain way. And I had, I made one comment saying, you take, you've taken my words out of context. That's not what I said. Here's what I mean. They continued. And then I just stopped. I gave them the benefit of the doubt. And then you just stop talking. Yeah. And that was, again, Always be positive. Always find that way to at least acknowledge that there's a strong opportunity for misunderstanding here. So give them an opportunity to realize that maybe there was a misunderstanding. I got another, another one. This is where I screwed up. I was in a conversation online and I made a comment and it rapidly devolved and where suddenly I was being accused of some things. Uh-huh. I had to stop. I backed up, looked at my comments and realized that I had made a switch in the conversation and shifted it over to my own agenda. And I recognized that's what caused the problem. I saw, and I then immediately said, I recognize why you're saying that you're right. If, you, if I had meant that I I'm the one who caused the misunderstanding. I apologize. Owning your mistakes is also oh, one of the key ingredients. So yeah, sorry. Long answer to that one little comment that you put out there. Well, in the in the post, you you gave us four steps. I did for how to I handle did. it, and you've you've given us a little summary of those. It, it it occurred to me as you were sharing this, Richard, that there are there are two sides to this, and we play both sides. Right? Are we are we showing up as that person who's uh, possibly out of being misunderstood, but is taking that in a negative direction? Are we causing a negative impact out there? And how are we responding when someone else is doing that towards something that we've posted? Either way, there are some really important principles here. And you know what it comes down to for me? Social media is populated with actual human beings. 
It is populated with human beings. That is correct. And we've got to treat them as human beings and, and continue to recognize our own humanness in that interaction as well. Which is why I took those four steps. And, and to, just to reiterate, to tell your audience what they are, the first thing mm-hmm. I, and I've kind of alluded, alluded to it here in, the, uh, in my stories. Number one, investigate. Did you say something? Did they say something? Is there a misunderstanding? Take a few, even moments to step back and investigate. Actually, this is really good advice if you're having a disagreement with your wife, right? With investigate. Yeah. Right? Okay. Did I screw up? Let's figure that out. Number two, give positive intent. Assume the best. You cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong with always assuming the best. If they, even if you're wrong, Richard. Even if you're wrong, you cannot go wrong by assuming the best. Because if you're wrong, here's what happens. They'll just prove you wrong, right? You don't have to, you don't have to point it out. Just assume the best. And then if it's not, if you're wrong, they'll just go ahead and dig their hole deeper in it and continue to show that, yes, they are at fault, but assume the best. Number three was, you know what? I I have to just insert here because I do a lot of coaching with, with couples, with families. And you mentioned earlier, Hey, you know, what if you were to do this with your spouse? What if you were to always assume positive intent? It changes the entire dynamic in that interaction. And as you said it, even if you're wrong, by assuming positive intent, you've injected so much positivity into the situation that the flames of uh, of anger or emotion Mm -hmm. or or reaction is dampened. You, 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 You took the oxygen away from the fire. Right. And so what a, what a perfect way to do that. And so online, un, you can go back and apologize for a misspoken word or an, uh, an emotional outburst, right? When we kind of sure. lose it a little bit, but it's really, really hard to take back those comments and posts. I mean, we see it with the politicians and with sports celebrities and famous people online all the time, right? Yep. That they're, you, you, you can't take it back. And that's mm. one thing that we have to remember with digital first thinking is you really, really need to slow down your fingers and don't be typing that in because it's not, once it goes, it can't come back. That's, that's true. I, I want to comment on the first one that you mentioned yeah. too, and maybe we'll get to these other two after the break, but the, when you said investigate, yeah, Richard, you gave us an example of this when you, when you shared about this, this guy that had just ripped apart your post and what did you do? You went to his profile who is this and what is he like? And what is, what can I expect from this guy that allowed you to take it much less personally because you saw, Oh, he's doing this with everybody. Yep. That's part of the investigation, which allows us to put a little distance there. Now he's interacted with my content a couple of times. I didn't block him. Mm -hmm. And the the last time he interacted with it, I said, I just got to tell you how appreciative I am of your consistency. Is what my response was, because I used you in my upcoming book. And I got to tell you that it was really nice to see that you are so consistent. Now, he can't hear any sarcasm coming from me because it's all (laughs) written and it's all positive. And I meant it legit. I'm like, yeah. So then, you know what he did? I noticed that he went back and deleted out all of those uh, past comments that he had made, not just to me 
but I went back and saw that he had started to scrub clean. And I felt, I got to tell you, Paul, I really wow. felt like I won that one because, <laughs> <laughs> because he kept, you know, he keeps punching and I'm like, okay, all right, dude, I'm going to have the last say on this. And uh, yeah. here we go. Now I didn't mention him by name. Uh, that, and that yeah. would not be fair. That's the other thing. No, no, no. If you have something positive to say, of, of course, use people's names. But if you have something negative to say, it doesn't do anybody any good to point fingers, lay blame or anything like that. So right. even though I used them in the book, I used them like I did here. Here's an example. But it was fun to be able to tell him that, yeah. oh, by the way, you've been and, a great source. And your second step becomes so relevant there, too, because you're assuming positive intent. He, I guarantee if I were to sit this man down and interview him and about his intention, let's just bring it down to two options. Do you want to make things better or worse? Which one of those would he pick? He's, better. And he honestly believes that whatever he's doing is toward that end. We don't have to agree with his methods, but if we can get to the intent and assume positive intent, oh, that's powerful. You've yeah. got, Richard, you've got two other powerful steps for us that you listed in the post. We'll get to those as soon as we come back from this break. Okay. Folks, this is Richard Bliss today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Richard Bliss at Live on Purpose Radio today. I'm having fun with this conversation, Richard. It's I appreciate that. It's fun to think about the way these principles apply almost universally. And it's because we're dealing with humans, with people yes. who have feelings and, and those principles are very consistent across different contexts. We got into, in the first half, we were talking about this post that you did about positive responses to negative comments. And uh, we've covered those first two steps. There, there's a few more and some other ideas that, that I think are going to wrap this all together for us. Uh, the third step, share that with us next. The third step is to uh, actually disengage. And I think this mm. proves to be one of the most difficult aspects, particularly over the last 15 months as we've gone through COVID, that some of our only human interactions has been through the digital world. And sometimes we get caught up with wanting to be right, wanting to be justified, wanting to hurt back when we've been hurt. And I, and I don't mean that in, a, in a, mm. an aggressive way, but we've been wounded uh, sometimes 
we've seen so much of the divisiveness that has happened in the country and, and, and online social media platforms were being sucked into these. And it's referred to, Paul, as the rage economy. The rage economy is made up of most of the social media platforms out there that are designed to inflame your emotions to keep you on their platform. And it even then feeds the social dilemma on Netflix that really identified oh. how these algorithms work. Yeah. And this is where taking the human aspect and saying, I am choosing at this point to step away from this conversation, whether I was right, whether I was wrong, whether I was harmed, whether I was no matter, step away and disengage because positivity works, but it cannot hold up against a systemic uh, constant barrage of negativity because it will get on you. As you try to continue to engage with that, yeah. you will get sucked deeper and deeper. As you try to explain yourself, they will pull the words out of context. As you try to defend yourself, they will t tie you deeper and deeper into that conversation well, pretty soon. And it's a terrible analogy, but I feel like it's holding a puppy underwater is that mm. you struggle and struggle to continue to remain positive, And yet the negativity will overwhelm you because there's, there's so much out there. And at some point mm. you have to be prepared to comfortably step away and disengage because you have to protect your own self-identity, your brand, your own uh, self-worth. All of those things are necessary. And it is so incredibly hard to do that because we see wow. from sports stars and politicians to just people who find themselves saying things and doing things that they normally would have never and, and being sucked into a conversation that they really never wanted to have. But it's because the other person on the other side, while we assume good intent, does not always have good intent. And they are looking to lay traps for us. And we th sometimes think that we're strong enough to avoid those traps. But no, no, it's mm -hmm. the old story about mm -hmm. um, the people who are looking for a stagecoach driver to go over a, a really dangerous pass. I don't know if you've heard uh, that story, right? I think, I think I know the one that you're talking about. So, how so close can I get to the edge? How close can I get to the edge? Each candidate comes in. How close can I get? How, I can get an inch. I can get halfway the wheel over. And then the last candidate comes in and says, I stay as far away from that edge as possible. Uh, you're hired. I mean, this disengages that concept that it that we need to realize that no matter what our intent, that at some point you have to, and it's earlier the better. You have to pull back, and you cannot. Some of these you cannot win, and it's not about winning. You can't. You got to realize that engaging is to lose. Sometimes the, I was just thinking the very best last word might be no words at all. No words at all. Or what was War Games, the Matthew Broderick movie? Uh huh. What's the best way to win it at war games to not play at all, not play the game. So don't play their game. Now you still have a, that doesn't mean retreat into a hole. That means be you be out there, be positive, engage, give self intent, investigate, but then you have to be prepared to disengage. And the story I use here was, um, and I alluded to it earlier, I made a post and my post got shared with somebody else. And then they started talking about a topic that had nothing to do with what I was talking about. Yeah. And as I investigated, I realized this person had a very strong agenda around one particular issue of society. And they really wanted to use my post to justify their position to demonstrate how broken our society was based on what I was saying. Okay. So that's not good. Mm. So I went and met my comment and explained that my words were being taken out of context. And then, there were two of us because he pulled two of us into this conversation. 
I did my steps and then I disengaged. The other individual did his steps, positivity, and then did not disengage. And I saw that conversation because I was still in the post being pulled deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. I wanted to send a message to the other individual saying, dude, you got to get out now. You've been sucked so deep that you got to get out. But I, that was my place. My place was not it was mm -hmm. like, no, he was doing it his way. But yes, that is why you, I can't say that too much because we've seen this problem. It's destroying families. It's to, right. It's it things are being consume you. It consumed you. You, you talk about being sucked in. I'm, I'm picturing quicksand yeah. you know, and getting sucked in. There's a strategy that I share often with my clients called the strategic non-response. Okay. I, I'm very interested to hear what that is. The strategic non-response. And it's exactly what it sounds like. You strategically choose not to respond. It's this disengagement. And it is, and it is not easy. It's just that if you picture that you're a fish, and somebody just cast a lure out in front of you and they're reeling it in, right? They're reeling you in. Do you take the lure or do you strategically not respond to that? Right. So that's the idea of disengagement in my mind. Which is why I think they call it the rage economy because they know that if they can get you emotionally invested and past the top point where you're thinking, where you're clearly thinking, that's what they're trying yeah. to do. So excellent. I like that strategic, uh, strategic withdrawal or st yeah. Now, occasionally, occasionally people will accuse you of something that you actually did. <laughs> Maybe you didn't intend to. Maybe you didn't mean to offend. Maybe it was an oversight or a misunderstanding, but you actually did whatever they're accusing you of doing. And that's what came to my mind as I look at your step four, Richard. Yes. So you got to own your mistakes. Own your mistakes. Let me, uh, I'll share one. As I was building my business and starting to grow, I was just on my own. We've, we've got 10 people now part of Bliss Team, Bliss Point. So we've, we've made a lot of progress. But in the beginning, it was just me. Yeah. And I was just, you know, too many hats, too much going on. And I wanted to do a guest post from someone. And I asked them to contribute a guest post to my newsletter. And they did. But in my haste, I posted it without proper um, attribution to them. And it made it sound like their post was my content. Mm. I got a phone call from them on a Saturday morning. Can you call me right now? And I said, yeah, I called them up. And they basically was, what the are you doing? Now, I, it wasn't a friend. They were an acquaintance. And I had, and I suddenly sat there and realized from, I put myself in their shoes. And I saw what it looked like. Huh. And I immediately stopped and said, I apologize. I screwed up. You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct that that was not my intent. But from your position, I can see that it clearly looks like I basically plagiarized your content. I apologize. I will. What can I do right now to help rectify the situation? And Here's what I am prepared to do. Is there anything else that you could do? Recreated the post, acknowledged the mistake I had. I wrote out this whole thing and sent it to him. And he's like, no, you don't have to go that far. Just simply restate it. Re give me attribution and, and redo it, which I did. Mm -hmm. I think I caught him off guard. He wasn't expecting that. 
No, because what he saw was this guy asked for his content, plagiarized it, stole it, threw it out to his network and claimed to own it. So he calls me up prepared for a fight. Right. And instead, I was like, no way. I screwed up so badly. Uh, and I think by quickly owning that. Now, Paul, I learned that because mm -hmm. you and I share the same faith. Mm -hmm. And I learned that when it comes to forgiveness, there are certain steps you have to go through. And one is acknowledgement, mm -hmm. right? recognition that I screwed up. And right. then restitution, you need to do something to set it right. And then recompense, which is, I'm not doing that again. And then I made sure to do another post from him where as a follow-up, as appreciation, okay, let's make sure I can make, you make it good for you because I really, I really that. screwed that up. I really screwed it up. You know, Richard, these, these steps are powerful and it, it implies that we're taking care of ourselves. And, and putting ourselves in a position where we can focus on what's right, not who's right, um, do the right thing, the next right thing. Uh, frozen is coming to mind now. <laughs> uh, Let it go. You said in your, in your post there, Richard, above all, prioritize self-care over social media. Could you just address that? at yeah. least briefly before we wrap up here today. Yeah. Uh, we are overwhelmed by sometimes the negativity we see on the news, on TV, on social media, and mm. it is designed to put us in a bubble. It's designed to keep out alternative viewpoints. It's designed to prevent us from seeing the big picture. Right. And we have to step back and realize that we are not defined by what we see online. We are not defined by uh, how many likes or followers or engagements we get. We are defined by who we are and we need to be aware of that and distance ourselves. I live on social media. It's my whole career. My company is built on it, but I constantly remind my customers and my executives I lead to step back and identify who they want to be known for. And it has nothing to do with your online audience. It has to do everything mm. to do with yourself. And so you need to really prioritize making sure that you have not wrapped your identity too tightly in the whole um, false gods of social media that are pump pumping us up with hollow likes and, and comments and retweets. That is not what defines our value. So well said and so timely, especially in the world that we live in. We are still human beings and we need to take care of ourselves first. That, that allows us to show up in more genuine ways for others as well. I love the way that you put that. Uh, the book, Digital First Leadership. Yep. The author, Richard Bliss. And folks, you can get that. Uh, there's a website for it. Digitalfirstleadership.com yep. is, is where they can connect to the book. Where else would you invite people to connect with you and what you're doing, Richard? Richard Bliss. Uh, Richard Bliss on Facebook, Richard Bliss on Twitter, uh, Richard Bliss on YouTube. Uh, if you just look me up, Richard Bliss on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the best. I live most of my life on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, those are the easiest ways to find me. I have a website, blisspointconsult.com is my company. I think if you type in richardabliss.com, uh, you could probably get there as well. So there's just, if you just Google my name, yeah. by the way, if you do Google my name, there is a Wikipedia entry that talks about me being arrested in Russia as a spy because I'm from Olympia, Washington. I lived in San Diego. I have a brother named John, and it talks all about that. That's 
there's two Richard Blisses from Olympia, Washington, living in San Diego with brothers names John in the tech industry. Oh, One of them was arrested yeah. as a spy. I'm not that guy. That wasn't you. That was not me. My mother called me. Where are you? I am not in Russia in a prison as a spy mother. So <laughs> that's how that's how they can find me. And now well, yeah, I remember seeing you on Bridge of Spies. You're that guy. Yeah, yeah. pretty close. That's pretty close. Tom Hanks. <laughs> the other awesome. Richard Bliss. I'm the and other you've got Richard. a podcast too, Richard. They can connect with that through your website. Again, Digital First Leadership. You can find that on uh, on the podcast uh, things. And the book the book is available on, it'll be out in Audible here in a couple of weeks. But right now it's on paperback, uh, Kindle, hardback, all the different aspects you can get it. Wonderful. Folks, you've heard it now from, from Richard Bliss. I hope you've heard some things that would connect with ways that you might be able to show up differently today. Thank you, Richard, for your contributions here. And oh, it's been it, a pleasure. What a pleasure. It, it is time now to go live on purpose. Mm-hmm.